0: Welcome back to the PBL Playbook. We're here with another episode of the PBL Project Blitz. We're sitting down with Rochelle Ancliffe, who is an English facilitator at CSA New Tech in Columbus, Indiana, and she talks to us today about the Senior Capstone Project. That is a requirement of the district, um, but she goes into a lot of detail about the authenticity and, and how that fits into um, a PBL framework.
1: I'm really excited about this episode because it's a really nice tie-in to the episode that we will launch later this month, which talks about reflection in PBL, and, and I think the senior capstone project that we do at CSA is it's a really great example of, of the power of uh, several years of PBL instruction and, and how kids can take what they've learned from being in a PBL environment and have a real impact on the community. So uh, enjoy this episode. Uh, before you do, just a quick shout out to Attaboy for allowing us to use their music on our pod. If you want to find more music from them, you can go ahead and find that link in our show notes.
2: Welcome to the PBL Playbook, brought to you by Magnify Learning, where we equip teachers with project based learning tools today so they can engage and empower their students for the future. This podcast will give you the playbook of real PBL facilitators in the classroom just like you and help bring you strategies and tools for your PBL game. Now, here are your PBL Playbook hosts, Josh and Andrea.
1: All right. In this episode, we're here with Rochelle Ancliffe. Rochelle is a English facilitator at Columbus Signature Academy New Tech. Rochelle, can you give us a quick overview of your um, experience in PBL and and how um, how long you've been
3: teaching? Sure. I have been at Columbus Signature Academy all twelve years. I think that it's been open. I have done PBL all of those years. I dabbled in it a little bit before I came on board with CSA and. Um, you know, have just grown and experimented and tried different things as we've um, developed our PBL
0: here at CSA. So you're here to talk to us today about a project that you do with your seniors that's a little bit unique to anything that we've talked about so far. Um, so do you want to go ahead and dive into that and just talk about um, community partners and entry events and kind of how that project shapes your senior classes? Right. So in our district, it's a requirement that all seniors complete
3: a senior capstone uh, project. And so we we handle that through English 12 here at CSA. and the kids are introduced to the project first thing in the fall when we come back to school. I guess we come back in the summer now, don't we? <laughs> um, so they it's really an opportunity for kids to develop their own projects. So they've been working in a PBL environment some of them their entire lives. So we've got kids here who started. PBL school and kindergarten now. So some of the kids have been doing PBL the entire time they've been in their formal education. And so this is an opportunity for them to design their own project. For them to decide where they want to go in this world, what they want to do post high school, and to design a project that meets a creative need, or a career-oriented need, or a service need. So they're introduced to the project almost the first day that they come back to school. Um, There are several benchmarks throughout the year. Um, they've got to do five components to the project. They've got to propose a, an idea, and they do that to a panel of community partners who are experienced in projects that um, are completed in this community. So they, they kind of can foresee the pitfalls and things that um, kids might need feedback on. So the kids pitch this idea. The whole first quarter they spend developing the idea, and before they pitch it, they do an annotated bibliography to do the research and become academically Um, an expert in the area, they do what we call a needs assessment, which is to survey the community and make sure their project is is relevant and necessary. Um, They do some research, they do some interviewing, and then they pitch this idea to this panel of community partners. Uh, The panel then gives them feedback and and the green light to go ahead or a yellow light to revise or a red light if the project is an absolute disaster. (laughs) Once they finish that, then they take a step to, um, there's the next benchmark is to do a, an academic research paper. So the second quarter, we, we become um, more thorough experts in the project so that we're developing our intellectual capacity to complete the physical project, which happens third quarter. And that physical project looks as many different ways as there are kids, I have kids that do um, community projects where they're immersed in the community doing something with the youth. I have kids that teach, I have kids that volunteer, I have kids that create, Um, I have kids that invent. Um, And so that third quarter is the physical project. And fourth quarter, they tie things up by creating a portfolio and then making a presentation of their project, again to a community panel, and that panel in the spring is much larger and a little more high stakes because, like I said in our district, it's a graduation requirement. So um, it's a it's a yes or no for meeting that requirement and proceeding to graduation.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a pretty fun day. I think that you know, my first year and, and every year that the day that the seniors are presenting their, their senior project is always just, it's a great celebration, but there's that level of, of healthy anxiety. Kids are a little bit nervous. We often see them dressed at their very best, and, and um, we've got parents come in, and it's really exciting. So uh, can you talk a little bit about the, the student impact? Like, what, what things do you see from students that, that, you know, I guess make it worth the time that you dedicate in class? I mean, it's a full year long project with the significant time requirement, what are some of the the outcomes for students that that you can see?
3: I think I see a couple of things that are significant. First first of all, I see physical projects that are um, a tribute to the hard work that the kids have done. So for example, we have a windmill, a working windmill on our property that is a result of a senior project. Or I might see Videos of a child teaching elementary school kids music, for example, um, and so those those projects have impacts that that are long lasting and helpful for the community. So our students will learn from using that windmill to to understand forces and understand electricity. Um, those children that were participating in the music class had a, an enrichment program that maybe their school didn't offer. Or they had opportunities that will change their lives a little bit. So I see the the kids impact the community. Our seniors impact the community, um, and it, it can be big or it can be little. You know, I, probably we've had thousands of animals um, become adopted from the <laughs> shelters because yeah. that's always a popular outlet. Uh, but then I see the impact it has on the kids that are completing the project, and for them, it's it's a year long project, which is something that they haven't done typically in, in the PBL classes, except for our, uh, freshmen do a, a genius hour that, that goes throughout the year. Um, but this is a, a big project. It involves um, connecting with a mentor in the community. It involves independent work. It involves things that happen outside of class. And like you said, Josh, on that day when they're presenting their projects, they are so proud and they are, are so um so eager to talk about their projects and tell their story. So it leaves a big impact on them. And one of the things that they have to explain, and probably one of the most important things, is um, how they overcame obstacles, how the project was a challenge to them, how they um, experienced setbacks, and then how they were able to work around those issues. So I think that's a, a true demonstration of student learning and student growth. Um, For them to say, you know, this is where it fell apart. This is where um, things didn't come together But this is how I figured out what to do and so that that pride that they have that expression on their face that articulation that they share about the um, The low points and the high points in their project really demonstrates that they have engaged with it and they're They're fully invested in it um, because it's a project they care about it connects to their lives in some capacity So um, I really see a lot of growth that makes it worth the time that we devote to that in my
0: English class. So you mentioned a couple of times that this is a district-wide um, capstone it's a requirement for all of the graduating seniors and as someone who attended a traditional high school in this district um, a lot of the processes that that we're um, going through at CSA for our seniors are very different from the other schools or from what I experienced doing my senior project. So can you talk about some of the differences between um, the senior project here at CSA in a PBL environment versus the other schools?
3: I think the largest
0: difference is the
3: authenticity uh, because we do project-based learning. The kids are conditioned to to wonder how their project is relevant, how their project is um, legitimate, how their project is... um, truly a need in the community uh, because we don't we don't do anything that doesn't matter grades nine through 11 so when they get to grade 12 it really is something that impacts the community. Um, I think some of the biggest ways that our project is different probably sound really tiny but that needs assessment is totally the authenticity piece. If they can't find an outlet or a venue or a need or a yes or a a bunch of data that supports that it's necessary. We don't go on, they have to rethink it, retool it. And I think that's the difference between um, some schools that just do a capstone project. For example, um, my son went to a traditional high school and he learned to play the piano. That was his senior project. There was no reason for it other than he wanted to, he had always wanted to, there was no need, there was no final performance, there was no uh, There was no why. Um, or or purpose for it he just learned some songs and then played some songs and while he enjoyed learning to play the piano it it wasn't authentic Um, nobody asked him to do it it didn't serve a need and it compared to what our kids do it just seems a little contrived whereas our kids have to go out there and conduct this needs assessment and they might have to you know interview parks and parks and rec department people if they want to alter a skate park or something. Um, They might need to do some video surveillance and just watch how the space is used over the course of several weeks and then assess that. They might hold focus groups and all of those things are authentic career experiences um, that that they'll already know how to do when they get to those points in, in their career. And so doing that needs assessment, I think, really provides the Um, the authenticity piece, which makes our projects different. Our projects aren't always gigantic. When I first started um, coordinating the senior project, I assumed that we would have these giant groups doing these giant projects. And um, we we did have a a little bit of that. Um, But then we realized that some of, some of the projects were, were smaller and had a bigger impact because the kids could really tuck into areas that were important to them. Um, so I think just finding that relevance and that connection to their personal lives, you know, it matters to them. I tell them all to pick a project that they care greatly about because at some point in the year they'll be tired of it. Uh, they'll work so closely with it um, and be involved in the community. And they do, they, um, you know, they email the mayor and they um talk to commissioners and, and planners and business owners and movers and shakers in the community. And so I think that also makes it a little bit different.
1: I think it's such a reflection of the work that we've done as a school um, and, and as facilitators when we can give them a project of this magnitude and know that they have the process pieces in place to be able to to start to go from start to finish. And And kind of when they have an obstacle or a barrier or something doesn't go quite right, they're able to to problem solve. They're able to figure out, okay, you know, I need to do this. It's not working. My mentor hasn't responded to my email in three weeks. Like, Mm -hmm. I need to figure out something else. And I I think that's kind of a great kind of transition into their life after high school because we know um, that they can handle a project or a a task or an assignment like that.
3: Yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, And I noticed that um, in our first years of implementation, kids who had only been in PBL school for a couple of years um, would make some rookie mistakes. They would let the project unravel too far before they sought help. Um, they, would, they would not get a response from a mentor or a community partner, and they would stall because they hadn't been coached in PBL like our current kids have been. So what I see now um, you know, a dozen years into teaching in the PBL environment is that kids do have those tools. We have ingrained those things, um, into their thought process. They have had to use those tools in so many classes over the years that it is very natural for a student to come to me and say, I haven't heard from my mentor after, after three, um, texts or, or emails, what, what next? So they are super aware of, of those, um, Touch points that they need to keep track of, and um, they're super aware of how to how to get back on
0: track when things are starting to unravel a little bit. So, um, as a veteran of the PBL uh, classroom, are there any final thoughts or pieces of advice um, that you want to leave our listeners with, whether it pertains to this project or or more generally?
3: I think this senior project is a really um, obvious and sort of transparent example of what I think PBL facilitation looks like when it's the healthiest. And that is, I have nearly 80 seniors doing 60 different projects, and I don't know anything about most of them. I don't know anything about dance. Um, I don't know anything about um, music, playing guitar, and I don't have to. I am not the expert in 60 different topics. The kids are the experts. I am just their coach. So this project really reminds me of the role that I play. Um, You know, so I'm coaching kids. I'm coming up with solutions. I'm helping them figure things out in areas that I have no expertise in. And so like stepping back into that role of being the coach and saying, well, this is how you do it in this environment. This is how you do it in this environment. Let's open up your computer and, and look for a phone number together. Let's problem solved together reminds me that that's my role in any project to remain the the coach, the guide, the facilitator, rather than feel like I have to be the expert in the room in all things. Awesome.
1: Thank you for spending some time with us today. You bet. Ready, break.
2: Thanks again for joining Josh and Andrea for the PBL Playbook where we give you the playbook of real PBL facilitators in the classroom just like you and help bring you strategies and tools for your PBL game. If you want to reach the pod, you can tweet at Ask at MissB103, and at MagnifyLearning. Or you can email the PBL playbook at MagnifyLearningN.org with any questions, thoughts, or ideas you have. Also be sure to show Josh and Andrea some PBL love by rating, reviewing, and sharing the PBL Playbook with other educators.